Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to pick up with Matthew chapter 7, the second part here. And I just want to start off with a question just to ask you, how many times have you prayed for something and all that you got from God was just crickets? I mean, absolutely nothing but silence. And you could just hear their crickets rubbing their legs together and chirping. And it's as if God either doesn't hear you or maybe you think God just doesn't care. But he does hear you, and he does care. But how long, or how, let me ask you this, how, how long or how many times did you pray for that certain thing that you prayed for, and then when you didn't get the answer, you just gave up? What, did you pray for it one time? Did you pray for it a few times? Maybe Or maybe you prayed for it for a week, or maybe even a month, maybe for a little bit longer of a period. But how long did you pray for that certain thing? And when the answer didn't come, you just gave up and you quit praying about it. And I'll admit I'm 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 guilty of this. And I dare say that that probably all of us are um Jesus in the sermon what we call the sermon on the mount, he's already addressed prayer at the beginning of it when he told his disciples how to pray and where to pray and to pray in the closet or you know be get in a place of isolation where you're not distracted and and not out in the public like the the, the religious leaders do and the pharisees do because they want people to hear their prayers jesus said get in the prayer closet and and get in a place of isolation and and your father who hears you in secret will reward you well he's going to revisit prayer once again, in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11, when he says this, and, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation, uh, it, it, it really translates this passage very well. Uh, when it says, keep on asking, Jesus says, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not, Jesus said. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? And as I said, the New Living Translation, it, 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 it does the best at translating this passage. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. And that is the idea here when Jesus says this. Because when, when we read this passage in other translations... Uh, we don't we don't get the meaning. Uh, it does not translate well into English because th- they'll say this, <clears throat> something to this, um, like this. It says, "Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door 
will be opened. Well, that just sounds like, hey, well, I can just ask one time and I'm going to get it. Or uh, if I just go seek for this, I'm going to get it. Or if I just knock one time, the door's going to be open. But the, the idea here is to keep on doing these things. Keep on, just like the New Living Translation says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. So keep on doing these things. Don't just pray one time. Don't just seek for a few minutes or a, a, a certain amount of time and then quit uh, don't just knock one time. Knock three times on the ceiling if you want me. I don't know if you remember that song or not. From the I think it's from the seventies actually. Uh, twice on the pipe. If the answer is no. Oh my darling. Oh okay, I'm getting carried away on that song. But anyway, the idea is here is that you got to keep on keeping on. And keeping on and not giving up. And, and, and I'm not talking about name it and claim it here. I'm not talking about a prosperity gospel here. I'm just simply referring to what Jesus told his disciples. And, and the idea here is it's walking by faith and it's trusting God. Because faith says, I am believing God for this. And you fill in the blank with whatever you're praying for. And faith says, I'm going to trust that God will come through and I will not give up until he does. Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So if, if we are praying for something and if we just pray a few times, and we give up and we quit praying for it. We keep, we, we quit seeking. We, we quit asking. We, we quit knocking. Is that really having faith? If, if we quit seeking, if we keep asking, if, if we quit asking, if we quit, uh, knocking, is that really trusting God? That's, that's something we have to answer. For ourselves, I, I grew up playing sports. I've, I've used these examples quite a bit in my podcast and in my sermons, actually, because that's my life. That's what I did, and that's what I know. But I grew up playing sports, and, and I strived to excel in anything that I played. Um, I made all stars every year that I played baseball, starting in T-ball when I was five years old, all through little league. Um, I was the batting champ one season uh, when I uh, was playing for Dixie Packaging. I think I was 10 or 11 years old. I got the baseballs. I think I think I've I've showed it in videos when I first started this podcast. Um, but I've I've got the baseballs that my team signed. It's got the batting averages on there. Uh, I pitched the, a complete game in the championship game, which we won by the way when I was 12 years old. Um, and I, I worked really hard at my game, and I worked really hard every day to get better and better and, and better. I was out in the yard uh, throwing. There, there used to be, the, I can't remember what the, the technical name for it was, but you could throw a baseball into this net, and it would bounce back to you, and you can catch it. So you could just sit there and play catch with yourself if you didn't have someone to, to, to play catch with. And I'd be out there every day. 
uh, throwing at this net, you know, and, and, and catching. Uh, you could throw it and it would do fly balls. You could throw it and it would do line drives. You could throw it at the top and it would do ground balls. But I was constantly, every day, working on my game. I, I tied a, a tire up to the chain link fence that we had that surrounded my yard, and it was my strike zone. And I, and I just had a, a, some baseballs, and I uh, would step back like a pitching mound, and I would try to hit that strike zone inside that tire. Um I had a tennis ball and we had a, a, a chimney and I would throw this tennis ball against the chimney and, and, and I would throw ground balls and I'd get up closer to the chimney and work on my quickness and my speed, you know, to catch the ball and, and my movements. Um, but I, I worked every day and if it was raining, I was on our front porch doing, doing the tennis ball thing, bouncing it off the front porch and, and, and working on my, on my speed and, and, and on my glove and catching ground balls and stuff like that. But I worked very hard every day and 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 it paid off and and, um and i know you're thinking what does this have to do with with what jesus is talking about uh, about prayer about keeping on asking keeping on seeking keeping on knocking well when i was nine the very first picture that i faced was uh, uh, okay nine is when you start little league 12 is when you get finished with Little League. You move on to Babe Ruth. And the very first batter I faced when I was nine years old was a ginormous, humongous, giant of a dude. I can't remember his name, but he was he was huge. And he was 12 years old, but he looked like he was 20 years old. And he threw a ball, and it just nailed me. The, the very first pitch and after that i was scared to death to bat and i i mean i literally as soon as the pitcher was in his windup and was about to release the ball i was almost back to the dugout um running out of the batter's box and my coach would get on to me and tell me to quit doing it it, it got so bad that the umpire even got on to me and he told me he said i don't care if the ball bounces up here I'm gonna call it a strike if you don't quit running out of this batter's box. And, and but I, I I was scared to death because that that guy had hit me on that first pitch and it hurt really bad and I didn't want to get hit again. It it just scared me uh, really bad and I I I I wanted to quit. I wanted to give up. I, I didn't want to play anymore. And and my coach. He comes up with this idea one day in practice, and he puts about 10 to 15 baseball bats behind me. And he said, if you run out of that box now, you're going to fall over these bats, and you're going to get hurt. And so I, I didn't have a choice. I had to at least stay in the box and, and work on uh, my fear and, and overcoming my fear and staying in that batter's box and watching the ball over the plate or getting out of the way if it's coming toward me or whatever. And, and I had to learn to hit that ball. Um, but it was one of the greatest things that ever happened to me because I, I faced adversity at a young age. I faced a humongous fear. I didn't want to get hit by that baseball again. It hurt because <laughs> I was small. I'm still small now, but I was very small when I was uh, in Little League when I was uh, 9 to 12 years old. I think I was about 3 foot tall and, and thin as a toothpick. Um but I was small and it hurt. But I, I, I faced this adversity. I overcame it. Uh, I faced these fears and I overcame it. And, and like I said, I became the batting champ the very next season. 
And uh, then I, I went on to pitch in the championship game just two years later when I was 12 years old, and we won the championship game, and I still have that baseball. But I stayed the course. I didn't quit, and it paid off. It's the same way uh, I was a sponsored skateboarder uh, uh, when I was a teenager. I started skating around 1986 back when the Bones Brigade had, had – uh, that's Tony Hawk and Mike McGill and, and those guys, Steve, Steve Caballero and Lance Mountain and – uh, Tommy Guerrero and, and many others, uh, but those were the main ones. But that, that's back when they were getting popular, and skateboarding was so much simpler than uh, than what it is now. It, matter of fact, it was mainly half pipes. Street skating was just starting to 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 be noticed. If you could ollie onto a handrail and and do a board slide down the head, handrail, you were king and 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 i could do that and so I, I traveled around i was sponsored by a local skate shop out of jackson tennessee and we traveled around some places in the south i i, I, I you see my trophy uh and i had a four foot trophy four foot tall trophy that goes along with this i don't know where what happened to it over the years it's gone but um i, I won first place i beat the number one skater in in memphis tennessee um i, I, I was i was i was really good uh, with skateboarding at a, in, in, in a young age, and I still skate now, but I don't do the crazy stuff like I did back then because I'm too old and the, that concrete hurts and those falls hurt. But the thing about skateboarding, along with anything that we try in life, it doesn't have to be skateboarding. It could be anything else uh, that you like doing. But when it comes to skateboarding, um, you're not going to nail a new trick the very first time you try. You might, but that's very rare that you that you do. And 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 what happens is, uh, you you got to keep trying that trick over and over and over again. And 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 here's the thing: you can get injured trying that trick. I mean, if if you were to take your fingers and 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 run your fingers across my shins right now, they feel like mountains. Because when I was 14, 15, and 16 years old riding a skateboard and trying these tricks, that skateboard just pounded my shins. Oh, it hurt so bad. And it put dents in my shin, in my shins. And, and, and they're still there uh, to this day. Um, but to learn a new trick meant that you had to do it over and over and over again and during a lot of pain until you finally land it and when you land that trick for the very first time i mean there is absolutely no greater feeling and you know what i'm talking about it might not be landing a skateboard trick it it, it, it could be whatever hobby that you like to do and whatever whatever goal that you have set and you work really hard to accomplish that goal when you finally accomplish it there, there's no greater feeling because you have endured something for so long and now that you accomplished that goal it has great rewards and it feels so good right you know what i'm talking about and just think if you had quit before you accomplished your goal you would have missed out on a lot of stuff and especially that great feeling and you would have been miserable for a long long time and this is what we do with God. This is what we do with our faith. This is what we do with our prayers. We pray for something a few times. And when we don't get the answer right away, we give up, we quit, and we just move on. We get, we go get past it. And one of the problems with this is we, we don't really know why the answer hasn't come. We just think God doesn't care. 
or we think that God doesn't hear our prayers and 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 that's not true because he does hear and he does care but one of the reasons that the answer hasn't come it, it could be that God is testing us um, it could be that he's building our faith and he wants us to, to trust him and the, the answer is on its way or it could be that the answer is actually being held up in the spiritual realm the realm that we can't see with our eyes uh, in Daniel chapter 10 Daniel had been praying for for three weeks and his answer came in that third week on the on the 21st day but get this this is Daniel, Daniel chapter 10. It says, In the third year of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia. So we have a time frame here. Also, also known as Belteshazzar uh, had another vision. Uh, Daniel, he had another vision. He understood that the vision concerned events certain to happen in the future. Times of war and great hardship. When this vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been in mourning for three whole weeks. So there it is, 21 days. Three, he's been mourning. Because he's had this vision. He wants to know what this vision is all about. And he had been in mourning for three whole weeks, 21 days. All that time I had eaten no rich food, no meat or wine crossed my lips. And I used no fragrant lotions until those three weeks had passed. So he's in a fast. He's praying and he's fasting for three weeks. When this vision came to me, I, Daniel, let's see, I had been mourning for three weeks. All that time I had eaten no rich food, no meat. No wine crossed my lips, and I used no fragrant lotions until those three weeks had passed. On April 23rd, the New Living Translation gives a date. It's uh, funny. On April 23rd, as I was standing on the bank of the Great Tigris River, um, so we have the time frame, and we have the place where he's at. He says, I looked up, and I saw a man dressed in linen uh, clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning and his eyes flamed like torches his arms and his feet shone like polished bronze and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people it sounds a lot like jesus in in, when, in john's description in revelation one daniel says only i daniel saw this vi this vision the men with me saw nothing but they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide and so I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. My strength left me. My face grew deathly pale and I felt very weak. And then I heard the man speak. And when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted. And I lay there with my face to the ground. And just then a hand touched me and it lifted me, still trembling on my hands and knees. And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. Man, that's some great words to hear, isn't it? So listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up, still trembling. And then he said, Don't be afraid, Daniel. Now get this. He's been praying for 21 days. He's been fasting and praying for 21 days. Three weeks. And, and, and this angel, Jesus, whoever this is, this being, he says, Don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding, because he saw that vision and he wanted to know what it meant, since the first day you began to pray for understanding, 21 days ago, uh, and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. See, maybe Daniel was thinking, what's going on? Is God not listening? Does God not care? I need to know the answer to this vision. I need to know what's going on here. And, and, and he's been praying and fasting for 21 days, but he didn't give up. He was still fasting. He was still praying, waiting for an answer. And, and this angel says since the very first day you you prayed 
you you wanted understanding of this vision that you have had, and I was trying to get the answer to you. Uh, God heard your request in heaven, and He says, "I have come in answer to your prayer." But for get this, twenty one days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. And then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. And now I'm here to explain what will happen to your people in the future, for this vision concerns a time yet to come. So Daniel prayed every day, three times a day. And that's why, if you remember, that's why he was tossed to the lines, and he's, but he survived that. And here, he's been praying about a specific thing, this vision he had, and he wanted to know what this vision meant. And so he's been fasting, he's been praying for three weeks, and all he got was crickets. He didn't get anything from God. But it wasn't because his prayer wasn't heard. It wasn't because God didn't care. It was because the answer was being held up by a demon, by this prince of the kingdom of Persia. He blocked the answer, the angel was trying to get the answer to Daniel and he was held up and he was fighting this demon in the spiritual realm and he had to get Michael, one of the archangels, to come and help him fight this prince of, uh, of the kingdom of Persia so he can get the answer that Daniel had been praying for. And so... Maybe that could be a, a reason why you've prayed... But you haven't heard. And it could be that, hey, it, your answer is being held up because there's an angel trying to deliver you the answer to your prayer, but he can't get to you because there's some spiritual warfare going on that you can't see, that I can't see. And so this is why it's so important that we pray. And Paul, what is Paul say? Is it First Thessalonians? I can't remember exactly what, uh, where it's at. Pray without ceasing. Keep on praying. Don't stop. Don't give up because our answer's on the way. And Jesus said so. Everyone who seeks finds. If we seek, Jesus says, you will find. Everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Keep on asking and you will receive. Your, you parents, Jesus says, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? Jesus even says, and I don't remember the exact scripture reference for this either. You can Google it. But he says, you, you, you have not because you ask not. And that, that's what faith is all about. You know, I, I don't sit here and pray for a million dollars. You know, I would love to have a million dollars. Um, but I do pray that, hey, God, give me strength to do my job today so I can uh, work and make money and pay my bills. And, and it, so it, it's it got to be within reason. This this prosperity gospel, this name it, claim it business, that, that's not God. Because we've already talked about how Jesus said that he takes care of our daily needs. That God already knows what we need before we ask. And he provides what we need on a daily basis. 
But there are times that, 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 you know, life challenges come our way. Hard times come our way. Things that we just did not expect happen in life. Life is very difficult. And so we pray asking God for guidance, for strength, uh, for help. That's why uh, when we study Hebrews, the Hebrew author says we can come boldly before the throne of grace that we can find help in our time of need. And so we're pouring out our hearts to God and we're asking for help and whatever the situation is that we're facing. And, and sometimes we get crickets. And it, we may, we, it's easy to be discouraged and, and, and think that God doesn't care, but he, he cares and He hears every word that comes from our lips. He, he sees every tear that falls from our eyes. And, and the answer, I promise you, is on the way because Jesus said so. Listen to the story that Jesus tells about the persistent widow in Luke 18, 1-8. He says, Luke says, One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people. But this woman is absolutely driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant request. And then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I'll tell you. He will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who have faith? In other words, they didn't quit and give up and turn from God and put their trust in something else or somebody else or try to take care of the situation themselves. We have to be persistent with God. We have to continue to put our faith in God. We have to continue to trust God. And that's why the New Living Translation translates this passage correctly. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. And do not quit until the answer comes. Again, the setting of this sermon as we wrap this podcast up the setting of this sermon on the mount is Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's teaching them how their righteousness can exceed that of the Pharisees and the religious teachers. And this was crucial because soon they will, they will have to absolutely put their faith and their trust in God that he will provide for and take care of them because Jesus is going to be leaving them in about three years, and, and he's going to be ascending back up to the Father. He's going to be gone, and they're going to be on their own, and they and they can't just run to Jesus and say, hey, deliver me. Hey, you know, help me in this situation. Nope. He's going to sit at the Father's right hand. Think about this. What, what if they had given up? What if those disciples said, I can't do this? They're facing persecution, they're facing death, beatings on a daily basis because they live for Jesus and they never wavered. Their faith never 
way. They, these guys and women would get beaten. They, they would be told to stop teaching in the name of Jesus. And if they didn't, they, they, they got beaten. Some of them were killed. James was beheaded. Peter was going to be next. But the angel rescued him uh, from the prison before he, can, he could be killed. And they just kept going back to the temple on a daily basis, preaching to the people that would listen about Jesus, about his death, his burial, and resurrection. They would pray for people. They healed people. They worked miracles to back up their story. And they endured this persecution. They endured the beatings. And they did not quit. We got to find encouragement in that. We, we cannot quit. We need each other. We need to pray for one another. We need to lift one another up and encourage one another to keep going, to keep praying, and to keep trusting God. So let's, let's remind one another on a daily basis that the answer to fill in the blank with whatever you are praying for, that the answer is on the way and that God is faithful. The, the scriptures say it in the Old Testament and the New Testament that God is faithful. His promises are yes and amen. There's no maybes. There's no doubting. Matter of fact, James says it's a sin to mix doubt with faith. We have to put our faith and our trust in God and keep it there because he will come through because Jesus said he would right here in this passage that we just read and that we just went over. So I hope that that will bring you some strength and some comfort from, from whatever you're going through and whatever you are praying for. Do not give up. God bless you. Keep grinding. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.